Welcome, everybody, to Scarves and Spikes, the 2023 season finale. Is that what we're going to call this? Yeah. Let's, let's call it that. This is exactly what it is. <laughs> well, happy early New Year to everyone and to you guys. Yeah. How's uh, everyone's holiday? I really good when they went from the big guy, Santa Claus. I got a, I got an uh, Xbox guy. Series X, so I'm, I'm all set. My wife hooked I me up. I saw that. That's awesome. Yeah. So you're yep. kicking up FIFA or what? Uh, it's gonna be FIFA soon, but uh, look, I'm gonna reveal my nerd right now. Um, I had to play the Hogwarts game. I freaking love Harry Potter, and I wanted to play it on the new system. So, uh, gotcha. I just gotcha. kicked that off before we started here. So here I am. Gotcha. I wish I got an Xbox Series X for Christmas, but it is what it is. It's fine. It's we should fine. stream uh, Halo or some FIFA one yeah. night. <laughs> yes, we should. People that'll see how be, bad we are in video the, games. 2024 uh extra bit of content that we do tommy what you got uh i got a new area like i'm in an entirely new room i got a new desk a new light uh a new backdrop i i got uh i got a little bit of everything so i moved out of my wife's harry potter closet (laughs) under the stairs so second harry potter reference of the day and now harry potter themed episode here we go (laughs) i got a um I got a um, like a survival knife for my car or something like that. It's a flashlight. It's a Swiss Army knife kind of hooked up to it, too. Um, so it's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. amazing and not at all what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> did you say light or knife? Uh, Swiss Army knife with a flashlight attachment. Or a flashlight with a Swiss Army knife attachment to it. A glass breaker and all that. So it's pretty cool. I also got a uh, Amazon gift card. Um, and a chick-fil-a gift card so yeah pretty happy got some clothing too and some other stuff but yeah pretty happy with the haul this year i want to update on the first time you have to use your knife yes i will (laughs) definitely (laughs) i hope i never need to use it but um yes i'll be sure that's long an update but um, i'm sorry glad to be back with you guys and yes tommy said last show of the year so tommy guess what we have in store for tonight so we're going to go over all the news. There's been a lot of news since we last talked. Um, I know you guys did the draft episode, right? Uh, immediate reactions from the draft. So if you want to go back and watch uh, the video from last week that uh, Tyler and Sydney did, check that out. Uh, but we're going to talk about news. There's been a lot of news. Uh, the the ex- most exciting draft in all the sports, the reentry draft of MLS. Uh, we'll go over that real quick. <laughs> and then... Yeah, right. And then the 2023 review, right? I mean, let's let's kind of just sum up the year and talk about everyone's favorite moments and get ready for 2024. That leads into what did you do yesterday, Tyler? Yeah, yeah, we we can dive into that because uh, it was a it was a busy day. So I spent the morning uh, soccer sicko. We got up early and went to Boxing Day and phenomenal time phenomenal time but yeah boxing day big big thing in, in england obviously and atlanta united hosted a couple of uh shindigs yesterday up in atlanta. fighting by the way not the yeah not the boxing my my 12 year old son mentioned that yesterday he was like it's like a boxing match type thing i was like no i mean but that's fair that's fair <laughs> so uh yeah you know we we went to the brew house cafe off of moreland avenue they had another one up on the north side and Great, great place, by the way. I mean, I, I can't say much about the other one, but Brew House, it was really nice. They had a really good brunch, which they typically do. Really good brunch. You get to sit there, hang out, watch all the games. Um, none of them went my way. 
<laughs> which sucked. Sorry to hear that. But it was a great time, man. I got to hang out, meet a lot of folks that listen to the show, watch the show. Um, Atlanta United fans, fans of Fulham. My son, my middle son, is a Fulham fanatic, and he has been invited honorarily into one of the uh, the Atlanta Fulham clubs. And I'm nice. just, I guess, his chauffeur now. So, <laughs> um, no, it was a great time. And while there, Atlanta United provided me slash us, gave them to me. I'm just the delivery man for uh, a few flags to be able to give away. So if you guys remember back earlier this season, we we had uh, my brother-in-law, Tony Leon, who was also the flags out host for Atlanta United on and flags out great competition. Go back and watch that video. Cause he explains it really, really well. Uh, they give away all kinds of stuff guys. So you should be entering into it. Trips, and, gear. All yeah. Kinds I mean, they sent, they sent people to the world cup last year. They're flying people out for away matches, like giving all kinds of stuff, yeah. gift cards, everything. So enter it. Um, and then this flag can get you one step closer. And actually after that episode with Tony, uh, one of our listeners actually won the next the next yeah, giveaway yeah. for flags out, which is really cool. So yes, he did. Um, we'll give that flag out here in a little never bit. Know. You never know. Yep. Could be you. Manchester United you. had a hell of a win on Boxing Day. Yeah, they did. From two yes, down, they did. Right? Against, who was it again? Aston Villa. Aston Villa. Yeah. Aston Villa is who is in top four, by the way. In the top four in European spots. I mean... Really, no one saw it coming, really. But yeah, good to see um, May United and their long suffering fans finally get a victory and break the streak of losing. So, Tommy. I need some, no streak of not scoring a goal. Streak, like, yeah, this, was start, this was starting <laughs> to feel like old Atlanta United from a little while ago, like pandemic area Atlanta United, like where it couldn't, get a, couldn't score a goal. Rasmus Hoyland get off the mark for yeah. Man United as well. So, congrats. Congrats. Hopefully uh, that kicks things off for him. But uh, yeah, that, that was fun. I uh, I was driving home from Kentucky where my dad lives. So unfortunately, was unable to really partake into partake in Boxing Day festivities. But yeah, I saw that you had a good time, Tyler. Maybe next year I can join you. It was or, great. Yeah. But, it um, was great. Yeah, if you're watching, uh, definitely enter for the flag giveaway on X. If you're listening to the podcast, we'll hopefully... Have a good way for you soon as well. But um, yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of fun stuff going on, even though it's off-season for Atlanta United. A lot of stuff going on um, so, for the off-season. So what happens in during the off-season, right? Kind of got a checklist, right? Rumors start, schedule comes out, kit gets released. Well, we've, we've gotten a lot of these so far, right? So let's get into, I think, some of the transfer rumors, right? Uh, let's first get into the draft. Because the re-entry draft, the, the biggest one, and Atlanta United goes, makes a move, gets the top spot, and picks up Derek Williams from the New England yeah. Revolution. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it's important that you mentioned they, they traded for that top spot in the re-entry draft. We kind of, you know, joked about it earlier, but you know, they they that's a premeditated move for them to get Derek Williams. So that was a move that they knew they had to make to short the back line. And just as a quick aside. He's not officially signed to the club as of yet. Uh, they have to make him an offer. Um, I forget how many days it was, uh, but they have to make him an offer. Or it's seven. If, seven days. Seven days. So I believe we're past that seven-day mark or close to it. I don't think so. I don't think okay. so. Okay. 
So yeah, so um, he should. We should expect to hear something hopefully soon. Sorry, it's official contract for Derek, but uh, yeah, as he said, Tommy from DC United, former LA Galaxy, LA Galaxy man, they signed on to leave on three year deal, a very lucrative three year deal. Um, high level tab from overseas from uh, Premier League or the Championship, I forget which, but a uh, very high level tab deal with LA. LA traded him to DC. DC was his club um, up through this year, and DC decided not to renew his contract, essentially because he's commands a whole lot of money. So I would expect, I kind of mentioned this, I think, on Twitter or X or whatever it's called. I would expect that if Atlanta United and when Atlanta United do make him offer, it's going to be below what he was getting with DC United. I mean, it has to be right. He's 30 years old. I mean, he's not an old man, but really getting toward the quote-unquote twilight of his career. So he's not going to command seven figures like he did with LA Galaxy when he came over to the U.S. But, um, yeah, American, I think his father is American, and for that reason, he does not require a green card. So no, he's he's, he's born in Germany. But, yeah, Germany, yeah um, he, but, um, no, no international slot or nothing like that. Yeah, but, um, yeah, his mother's Irish, and, yeah, as you said, Tyler. Or Jeremy to American Father as well. So and also, um, hopefully this is not like a sign, but went through. We speaking of Aston Villa, went through Aston Villa's academy. So uh, I don't want that to be any 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 throwback to what happened to them yesterday. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, guys. I, I think like this entire center back core needed something, right? They it, it was going to have to be rebuilt. Because the only one that you kind of knew for a fact was going to be there yeah. uh, was Abram. We got everything going on Miles, everything else. And now you've got a guy who he's got the experience. And, and talking with some of our, our Galaxy folks, um, DC folks uh, that have their podcasts and everything, kind of chatting with them about it. They said, you know, um, aggressive, super aggressive guy. I yeah. mean, can have his occasional mental mistake. Right, but, but who, who doesn't? Who right? doesn't? I mean, who yeah. Doesn't? yeah, I saw his red card on YouTube. Oh <laughs> yeah. boy, but I went for I, that hey, man's soul. I'll take that aggression though. I'll take that aggression because somebody has to be an enforcer back there, and I don't think he's going to be starting every game. I think right. whoever they go after next is probably going to be that pairing with Abram. But I think he'll fight for minutes for sure. Yeah, it's not, is it's Abram not the other starter though? I think right now, unless something something changes. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a sexy signing. I mean, he's not signed yet, obviously, but it, it's not a sexy move. I mean, he's not like a top ten, best eleven kind of center back or anything like that. But he, it's a good deal. It's a solid, solid move to get somebody of his quality and his experience up with Atlanta United. So I like the move. Have to see what the ultimate um, deal is, if and when they do sign him. But again, Tyler Tommy, as we were talking about, they didn't move up to the number one draft spot for nothing. Um, they plan to get him. This was their guy that they wanted to at least short that back line, especially with the potential growing potential of Miles Robinson leaving. So it's a good move. I like it. And I'm excited to see Derek Williams with Atlanta United in 2024 and maybe the next couple of years. Um, no more. Saying in our chat, this is no comment effering morale's disrespect. I will not stand for it. I'm not disrespecting them. We're not disrespecting them. experience. <laughs> You need experience in that spot. Experience and Noah Cobb and Efren Morales are not experienced. I would not want Noah Cobb. I would not want Noah Cobb to be in the position of being the third guy in a two center back system that doesn't get time. 
because exactly. he needs time. He has to have that time. He'll be fine. I think Noah Cobb is going to be a great center back um, as he gains that experience. But y'all got to remember, like Noah Cobb is young and he's still literally, literally still growing physically. I don't mean like emotionally, mentally, everything else. I mean, he's literally still growing. So, um, yeah, he, he's going to be there. I absolutely believe that. And the club rates him very highly. Um, but just got to give him time. And you don't want him to be riding the bench, not getting minutes. Right. I thought you were going to say he was still recovering from that Columbus game at the beginning of the well, year. Well, I mean, <laughs> look, that was rough. That's not on him, though. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Oh, no, no, no doubt. Um, uh, so, yeah, that's Derek Williams, guys. And yeah, you, well, then we yeah, wake up this morning, night. though, right? And as uh, as our friend Henry called it, uh, the purge of the U-22s. And if you've seen the purge movies, you, you know what we're talking about. Uh, Santiago Sosa possibly on his way out to racing. This needs I think to happen, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he he fell off Benito's plans, plain and simple. And... I feel like with him having the chance to go down there, racing every big club in Argentina, um, I feel it's a perfect move for him. Um, Cesar Luis Mirello saying X, um, it's a, I believe it's a one-year loan with an option to buy the end of the loan, which is perfect, especially with uh, Santiago being with the team or under contract for the next year. So, yeah, I think it's a good move. Again, racing racing club, they're they're a good team. Uh, I I great i don't follow the argentine league that closely but i know that i mean they're not they're no boca they're no river but racing are kind of up there um racing newels those are kind of like the big clubs as far as i know but um yeah i if this comes to pass and merlo is pretty well connected um i feel like it's a good move for santi chance to go back home and play with a club that is of some repute in his home country so Again, with them kind of falling, I don't want to say falling out of favor, but just not being in the plans of Pineda, especially toward the end of the season. We kind of, well, we kind of forgot about them, I feel like. But um, no, I, I think it, it makes sense for both parties. I mean, where, where are you going to put him? I mean, you have Mimba, you have Jay Fortune in here, you have presumably another player that you want to bring in um, for that sixth role. Um, Ibarra is with Toronto. Uh, he was a little obviously just around. I don't think he's coming back. I think that bridge is well well burnt by by this point in time or at this point in time. So I think the move makes sense for both parties. Um, and Santi, you know, again going back home to a club like Racing Club, who are you know again one of the top clubs in Argentina, makes perfect sense to me. It's just from my vantage point. What do you guys think? We bring up Ibarra, right? I mean that that's the other the other part of this equation too, because you know what 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 is the future of the U twenty two spot? We didn't see any changes in the in the whole governance of the MLS meetings. Uh, nothing really changed there, which I think a lot of people were hoping for. That ends up not happening, so everything's exactly the same. Does Atlanta go to the one U twenty two spot and just run roll with that for the remainder of the year to give yourself some flexibility and how you run you know the DP spot? Still silly. Wish they would have changed that so that the U22s didn't affect the DPs. But, you know, MLS is still, you know, behind 10 years on trying to advance themselves. Right. But Ibarra is most likely the next one out there. Right. Uh, Ibarra's got to be. You have to think that he's on his way out at this moment. 
um, Mascara has just shown us so much, and like that was not on anyone's bingo card, right? He comes back, no playing time. I mean, and just... hold up, I'm chopped liver now, right? Doug, yeah, owes we me. said nobody, nobody really thought about you know what Mascara was gonna do here. <laughs> well, we didn't know because he didn't play, right? No, I mean, yeah, he, right. He, he went on loan and he it's hadn't played for basically a year. And, you know, you, you think he's coming in here and he's not going to be able to do anything. And all of a sudden, after you bring on two starting wingers, he comes in and is able to get time off the, off the bench. And he's doing a hell of a job. And I think that's what we always knew about him was that he's very fast. He'd be really great to come in um, as a sub or a super sub, whatever you want to call him. Not I, when you were calling him a super sub, Tyler, I was laughing at you. Yeah, he actually um... showed that he was a super sub at times because there were three or four times where in the first five minutes of the game, he comes in and he immediately scores a goal. The playoff game at home obviously was, was one of them, but like that was very impressive with him. And if you know you moved on from Machol, he's gone. If you have Tyler Wolf and Mascara as your two, you know, backup wingers, I think that you're in a pretty good situation with what you have going into next year. Yeah, and and here's the thing about Sosa: he is not a guy that's gonna go down to to Rossing and end up disappearing from the face of the earth. the The guy's still got talent, yeah, but he had a lot going on. I mean, he had he had the uh, Sports hernia surgery, right? After he got run ragged in 2021. Absolutely run ragged. Um, but he was Heinze's guy. And and then he got like the mystery illness or COVID or whatever. Like, I don't know. He just kept kept being sick. He couldn't stay healthy. Never could stay healthy. And then it was an ankle thing. And then it was something else. And this and that and the other. And it's like, you know. When you, when you see something like that happen, we know the guys got talent in the right system because there was a point when in the beginning of 2021 when everybody was like, well, he is the bright spot of this team, you know? Um, so, yeah, he's going to go and he's going to land on his feet and he needs a change of pace. He needs a change of environment. It might be good to be back home. Uh, he's going to a club that's that's pretty decent. I mean, right now in the second phase of the, the Argentine Premier League, there he's doing fairly well mid-table team in the first phase so like um you know it's not the last we'll hear of sosa i'm sure but the whole number six position needed an overhaul as well we just talked about the center backs it, it had to change and he just didn't fit yeah. the system he did not fit it so i'm happy for the move i'm not not because I'd, i i like to see a guy go because i don't but you gotta do what's best for the club and we'll this by far the best move for the club. Yeah, for sure. So, we'll let those rumors commence because I'm sure those will start coming out here in the next few weeks at least. Uh, we got to yeah. start seeing rumors come out with him. Again, it's Merlot, and Merlot's pretty, uh, pretty on point. So, I imagine we hear something official pretty soon. But, um, yeah, looks like Santi is all but gone from Atlanta United. I'm going to hit really quickly on this before Tommy, before you bring us to the next thing, Jack was saying um, your question. I know you're saying about Jay fortune being ready. He's a little older than Noah. Is he way ahead in terms of maturity? Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't say from a, like a maturity perspective, you know, we've talked to both of them at the training ground. I've seen them both obviously play for the twos. Um, I will say that Pineda has consistently ranked Jay Fortune very highly. 
Um, but it's also apples and oranges. That's not to say that he doesn't think Noah is, is, is a great player because he's had many, many great things to say about Noah. Um, but Jay is just for that position. What he does is progressing so, so well. And then you got to throw in the, the part that a lot of people don't see. And that's the, um, the sports science side of things. And I mean, you've got players like Jay fortune and Aiden Torres, who we haven't really talked about much, who's also going to be joining the first team come January 1st. And, you know, these guys are that young. I mean, Aiden Torres is 15. I think he's about to be 16 or he just turned 16. And he is literally physically putting out the same effort as many, many ML, actual MLS first team players that are, you know, in their prime. So that's something that you don't hear a lot of. That's something I got from the interview I had with Carlos Bocanegra and everything that we put up on Dirty South Soccer a couple of what, months, two months ago or whatever. And it was those kind of things that, the fans don't see a whole lot of, but Jay just is, he was, he was there at the right time. He was progressing well for the twos. He was a leader for the twos um, national team, right? He had some national team call-ups. And so, you know, it, it's not a knock on one to say the other one's progressing. Well, it's just that they're in different levels right now yeah. because they're at different positions. And to be fair, there hasn't been a really great veteran midfielder i mean i'm sorry center back for noah to really just like stick to and learn from he he didn't really have a michael parkhurst right um but jay has the benefit of having a whole coaching staff full of midfielders that were you know good midfielders during their day and that that helps a lot right you got a coach that's played that position before and it can really really help develop a young player so jay jay's gonna be good he's he's gonna make mistakes and that's fine but he'll he'll continue i think on the same path that we've seen caleb wiley on it's my prediction yeah yeah uh, and you've a lot, seen youth. a lot of the a lot of youth in the system for sure a lot of youth in the system for sure and you've seen the youth move forward too right mm -hmm. like you you've seen the, the the kids do right um you've seen chop you, you've seen tyler wolf like those are two ones that really made an impact on the season no chul couldn't stay healthy but when he was he, he was a game changer uh, at points late in games. And that's really that, you know, all you can ask for until eventually, you know, they get a starter role um, or they move on to another team where they get more playing time. Well, 100%. I know we're on the off season, but there's a schedule to talk about for 2024, isn't it? Oh, it man. I love planning. Ago, but... I love planning. <laughs> I love planning travel. Um, yeah, I think that's everyone's day. Every, you saw everyone on, on X, Twitter, just constantly you know saying what games they want to go to i will just personally say that the flight costs are insane right oh, now it's insane. like it's disgusting yeah, like a flight from cleveland to atlanta is like 160 bucks right now like that's that's pretty expensive sure. for the over the past few years i've been paying anywhere between like 80 to like maybe 110 for a round trip they're they're going up man those fuel prices are killer aren't they I guess, but you man, just drive I, I hope like it that calms down. So what, I, I'm not driving. I have a bad back. Man. I can't. If I, if, I, if I got up there to you for MLS Cup, and I felt like yeah, and I saw how you walked after. after you got out of that car. You walked in. <laughs> he he came to my house and he got out of the car, and you could see him walking like an old man that like yeah. his body was like a zombie and stiff. <laughs> no, I I I would be worse than that. So let me ask you guys this: If money were no object. What would be your ideal away day for Atlanta United if money were no object? 
LA. LA. Tyler. LA is definitely a good shout. Um, I mean, I hate to be that guy, but I mean, I would love to go down to Miami and see what they're doing. I, I would say Montreal. Montreal, I hear, has a really good vibe to it. And, you know, Tommy, you're talking about field prices and flight prices. I feel like those are pretty expensive in Montreal, but I'd love to go there. Again, my, uh, my honorary, maybe, I don't, I don't want to say um, honorable mention, but St. Louis as well. Yeah. Because I've heard so much, so much about them and how great the vibe is. True. Yeah. So, well, what I wanted to focus, I and mean, we're going to have a long time, you know, we, we've got a while till the season actually starts, which is February 24th. Um, but what I really want to focus on real quick here is just the first month of the schedule, because, you know, that's how it starts off. Um, a lot of people on Twitter have said that, you know, Panita has to start out strong. So to kind of give a because, you know, he's only got a year left on his contract right now. He's not extended. Uh, he's you know, there's a lot of expectation here. And um, the, the season doesn't start off easy, right? So in February, you've got one game, and it's in Ohio. I feel like I've been to, like, the last, like, eight Atlanta United games. Uh, and it'll continue as the season starts. But you're, you're going, you're starting the season off in Columbus in February. It's going to be cold, and it's going to be the banner raising, whatever you want to call it. For the crew, they call it crew miss, cruise miss. It's gonna be a big, it's gonna be a big game for them. But that's how Atlanta starts off the first game of the year against the crew, which is is gonna be no easy feat at all. And and it's gonna be at two p.m. No other matches um, scheduled for that time. So a lot of guys are gonna be at that match for that reason yeah. you were talking about, Tommy. You know, defending champs, the old the um, ceremonies before. Yeah, and you know, and that's fine. And you know, I think that when we've done this, but we did this last season where we looked at the schedule, and you know, maybe we said it's easy or hard. You know, there's still a lot of moves to be made, so we don't really know what teams, you know, what they're going to look like. But if you're just looking at it, you go into March. You've got four games in March, and you start off with your home opener against the New England Revolution, which we're really not sure what this new Revolution. You know, they've got a lot of change coming to them, front office wise. Probably team wise as well. Um, you, you start off at home with them, and then the following week you you go and you play Orlando at home as well. Like you, you go third game of season, you're facing you know one of your your bigger rivals. It, it's not easy because I I think one of the things we we know after looking at the the salary release from Orlando, they have a lot of money that they can spend. They can go pick up. DPs. I think they had no DPs when we looked at it, right? Yeah, there was a point where it was it was pretty pretty empty. Pretty empty. You so got, if they can um, get the wallet out, they can go they they can improve this. I mean they were what second in the West, I think, right? Or second in the east, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah and they, yeah. they have so many they have so many expectations on them too, especially with Pereja coming back, a renewed contract. But um, they have so many expectations, McGuire leading the line for them. What will your two look like for him? Some of these other pieces with the team. Um, it's going to be a good team, Orlando. And yeah, I, I, you talk about uncertainty, but yeah, as you're just saying, they have a lot of money in the bank. And if they add a few more pieces, this could be a team that really challenges for the top of the East once again. And 
maybe could be a sleeper supporter shield winner, supporter shield contender if the pieces fall into place. So that's not going to be an easy game for a lady United, even though it's going to be at home. Yeah. And, and then it gets harder because you're going on the road into Toronto and I know Toronto's bad and we'll see if they make some moves, but Toronto in March, yeah, <laughs> that, that, that could be, that could be worse than, you know, February in Columbus. Right. Yeah. But with, with Herdman coming into Toronto, Herdman, it sounds like he's going to really put a stamp on the team. He's going to work for his technical staff to bring in players who really affect his team. You know, like you said, this was a dreadful club last year, and these essentially cleaned house. But it looks like they have some real ambition. Herdman has made no bones about the fact that, you know what, we want to just erase what happened last year, last couple of years, and get this club back on track. This was one of the top clubs in MLS but they've just fallen off and win a spoon winners last year in 2023. But with a new kind of regime in there, they have a lot of expectations. They want to get back to the top. So I feel like they're going to have a chip on their shoulder coming in. Don't know what the roster makeup is going to be just yet for them, but the Italians are still there. They're going to have to really, really get right. I mean, the return on investment, those are two really ambitious signings that they haven't paid off and really any stretch of the imagination. So Pressure's on them to perform. Yep, for for sure. And then and then you just finish up the month um, at home again on a Sunday. So there's there's some. It seems like they're trying to differ up the times a little bit here. But you have a Sunday game against Chicago. We'll see what Chicago is. I always feel like there's a hype every year over Chicago, Chicago, and there never happens. There's a late a late game on a Sunday. Uh, it's at three three thirty. You're looking at the wrong thing. I'm looking at the next month. My bad. Either way, it's a late game. It's 8.30. But yeah, my bad. Carry on. Oh, no worries. I was like, no, on Sunday doing... at 8.30? <laughs> uh, what are we doing? And I then like just, she... I just want to talk about this one last game real quick, just because it's the first week of April. Then you go on the on the road to New York at Yankee Stadium, which is going to be something there. And the only reason why I bring it up is because the schedule doesn't seem easy. It doesn't... <sighs> It, it, it doesn't seem overly hard, but it it Atlanta has started off slow in the past, right? And I think for Pineda, there there is going to be pressure on him. Um, we've talked about it through the entire season. You know, this year they, they had a lot of downs early on in the year. Um, they started off kind of hot early on. They were getting some some nice games, a lot of blown leads though, and then the mid the mid part of the season was just where they were in bad bad shape right they were losing a lot of games um there were player movements and then it wasn't until after league's cup that this team really got hot um my question is is can Pineda get through this early stretch to be able to continue to maintain his his job here and that's i think that's going to be the talking point for the first couple months of the season depending on how atlanta united does well i'll throw this out there too really quick um and i didn't know this until i just looked at the full schedule but that game in New York is actually at City Field, not Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Which might <laughs> be a good Yankees, thing. Maybe. I, I mean, the, I said the Yankees are playing on April 6th. Yeah. At Yankee Stadium. I mean, so. it, it's still, you know, six and one, half a dozen the other. But maybe you just get the vibe out that you're not at it Yankee might. Stadium. I don't know. But either way, it's a change of, of pace. And maybe they lose a little bit of their home field advantage. I don't know. 
Well, I guess that's a strike on one strike on me, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to be able to do it during the game. No use no baseball puns. So I got to get them out right now, right? <laughs> you, had that on, you had that on deck, didn't you, Tommy? Oh, ah, yeah. Look at that. Sydney jumping in the dad jokes, man. He's in the batter's box ready to go for that joke. Oh, my God. I'm going to ruin this. Yeah, dad you hit a home run there. I have no kids, but I've got nothing. Dad jokes, but I've um, got my my father in law is watching this right now, and he's probably like, ah, "What are, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm failing him miserably." Um, no, my my quick two cents on the on the schedule: August and September, you have the away game because you're coming back from leagues cup and all that craziness. Um, so there's a that big break, right? But the end of August, you've got LA in LA. Um, then you come back to Charlotte a week later. So you're going to Charlotte, but this is where that, that stretch of games that is like atmosphere just to the nth degree, because you've got Charlotte Darby, whatever we want to call it. Then you've got Nashville at home. That'll be a good one. Then you've got Miami at home. That'll be a good one. Then you go up to Red Bull arena. We all know rebel. We, we know how those games can play out. And I wish it was here then, yeah. but whatever. And then you go up to Philly. So um, that stretch of five, six, six games a is a lot of a potential, just good atmosphere and good watching for those of y'all that aren't Atlanta fans. Maybe you are here for the giveaway or whatever. I don't know. Hopefully you, you come in and hang out with us more, but um, those are good neutral games to watch for sure. Yeah, and no, that that's exactly right. And not to get yeah, not to get too ahead of ourselves, but yeah, that's that's a definite gauntlet. And let's mm-hmm. not forget, guys, um, between August thirty first and September fourteenth, there's another break. So it's just, it's, it's, it's always something, man. Something. We're always we're always gapping so, things up. Atlanta United, by the way, and schedule is online of course they'll let you know to have two weeks between their penultimate match and their final match of the season again yeah again <laughs> gotta, gotta love the um yeah less the scheduling um but yeah so i'm trying to think what there is to do in orlando in october i mean there's a pretty uh they have haunted haunted nights oh yeah so cool. Yeah, they have the haunted. Uh, they have the the haunted houses at uh, Universal. That'd be good. Best be haunted fun, houses right? you'll ever attend, guaranteed, hundred percent. The lines are insane, but it, once you get into those haunted houses, they're the best ones you, that you can go to. I'm always afraid I'm gonna punch somebody in a haunted house. I just don't react don't, well to. Don't ju- be to angry. Jump. It's not that I'm angry. I'm trying to save my life. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not going to be part of a horror film. <laughs> Start swinging at people. <sighs> Just don't go. So, yeah, what, that's before, I don't. <laughs> before we get into the re, the 2023 review, I, I was thinking about something when we were talking about Pineda real quick, and it's interesting because I was just reading an article on the Athletic about Arthur Blank and the situation that the Falcons are in right now. And if if, if you follow the Falcons, this was supposed to be a big year for them. They were supposed to take the jump. They spent a bunch of money in free agency. They were supposed to be better. They were supposed to probably win this terrible division that they're in. And they're basically looking like they're going to get the same record as they were when they didn't have all these good players. And Arthur Blank in the past has been, 
he's hated to move on from coaches. Um, he's delayed things a little bit too long. Dan Quinn was a big example um, and held on to him a little too long um, after that Super Bowl uh, disaster. And then you look at what's happened with Atlanta United during that time. You know, you, you've moved on from Frank DeBoer, and that was a quick move, which was still probably one of the most shocking moments to me in Atlanta United history because you just saw how long it took to get rid of of um, Dan Quinn with the Falcons. And, you know, one bad tournament in Orlando, and you move on. Let me get some. Let me ask you this, though. Well, I'll throw this in there, too, Sydney, oh, just to because I, I think I know where you're going. And I think it might have a little bit to do with what you're saying. Omar saying, how likely do you all think Planeta's contract is extended before the start of the season? Well, well what I was going to say is Arthur Blank has made no bones about the fact that, you know, he's not really a soccer. He wasn't really a soccer guy before Atlanta United, but he's invested so much of his time, so much of his resources to the team to get it to hopefully the top of MLS hasn't always happened. So I wonder if with Atlanta United, he's more willing to let the soccer guys make the decision versus with the, I would say the Braves, the Falcons, which are for lack of a better term, it's bread and butter, right? I wonder if with the Falcons, he's more hands-on and he's saying, Hey, you know, this needs to happen. That needs to happen. That's why I say he's hands off. Well, I, I don't want to go down that road because I'll get flamed by Falcons fans saying, yes, he is. Um, that's not to say he's hands off with the Falcons. That's not to say he doesn't care about the Falcons. I mean, the results kind of tell a different story, but I, I kind of feel like he lets the soccer guys kind of handle their business. I don't let any of that. That's just a theory. Um, but I kind of feel like that's the case. And I feel like, you know, Pineda isn't Lagerwey's guy. I mean, granted, they worked together in Seattle, and maybe the relationship wasn't terrible. It wasn't bit horrible, but maybe wasn't as good as assumed. But, you know, it's, Pineda is not Lagerwey's guy, and I feel like Lagerwey is going into, you know, this 2024 season saying, hey, this is it. If you don't succeed, you're gone. And I think... They didn't extend Pineda with the belief that, okay, if things go south in a hurry, it's going to cost less to cut him loose at that point with him not on a contract past 2024 versus waiting toward the end of the season and letting him kind of twist in the wind and risking discontent from the fans. So that's just kind of my two cents. Look, if the season, if they just come out stumbling out of the season after what we assume should be a pretty solid winter window for them, I don't think Garth will hesitate at all to move on from Pineda. Yeah. I mean, so to make my point and also to answer Omar's question, um, they're not doing anything with any of those contracts with Pineda or Bocanegra that was mentioned um, that, that was said by Garth Lagerway until the end of this season. So that's not to say that if the crap absolutely hits the fan, then they won't make a change. But if yeah. Pineda comes out and wins his first 10 games or something, right? Uh, I don't extend. Yeah. But like you still got a, you still got the knowledge that they're not going to go and at least maybe make it public. 
right until the closer to the end of the season. Um, but you know, I guess I look at this one as a, as a it's a really big challenge, and I hope Pineda looks at it this way, and I hope he instills this into the players. Yeah, you do have a little bit of a buzzsaw in the beginning of this season uh, with Columbus, reigning champs. I mean, New England kind of up in the air. Uh, but yeah, like you were saying, uh, Tommy Orlando. Um, so, but you have a chance to come out and prove yourself because you're going to have a vastly different team than you had really since Pineda has been here. Um, so I think it's an, it's an opportunity really. And it's a challenge. Absolutely. Um, but you know, you could come out and really show what these moves are about and it's Pineda's chance to prove everybody wrong as well. Because it's it's kind of been in all the Atlanta United circles that you know Pineda has this this game plan and and maybe yes another coach could get more out of the players that we had possibly but now you you are gonna have the players I think to really make a legitimate a legitimate starting eleven that could go really really far in this league and so there's no excuses so. Yeah, I mean, if they go out and crap the bed in the first, you know, ten games, absolutely, yeah. I could see changes. But the inverse of that is, I mean, what if they, what if they come out and beat the reigning champs in Lower dot com field, day one? You know, I mean, you know what, what, what are people going to be saying then? Of course, it's one game, but also look at what happened with Cincinnati. I mean, it, all of these are like, oh, you know, New England might not be good. Toronto sucks. You know, Chicago, oh, whatever. We can we see how quickly those things can change. You know, yeah. just a one-off season. So it could be very, very different. Plus, you know, guys like Yakel, guys like Shande, Saba, William Ba, they'll have enough season to prepare and train with the team. Yeah. Time to rest. They'll have time to really, especially Yako, who has kind of had this, you know, nagging injury. Not serious, but it's kind of been sticking around for a little bit. So I mean, he's good enough to be dancing in front of a yeah. gas station yeah, in Greece exactly. somewhere. <laughs> Exactly. And got married. Was that his bachelor yeah. party? Was that his bachelor party? Was it at a gas station? Just, just dancing in the middle of a gas station? Like, is Congratulations. This the marriage. <laughs> My big fat Greek wedding. Atlanta I expect to see somebody in the background dropping chicken wings in the middle of the parking lot and Opa. with a with a uh, down plates at the gas station. Yeah. <laughs> I could go on with this. He seems like he'd be a great guy to party with. Right. <laughs> the grease, I mean, and the, the grease can kind of throw down, I, I feel. <laughs> wasn't, I guess my, just my last thought here was that, I mean, is there a reason to, to be worried? Because I think that this team right now, when you look at it, how they finished the season overall had a hell of a hell of a last quarter of the season. Right. I mean, they still couldn't win on the road. And I think that those are going to be the two things that we look at here is one. Can they win on the road? Obviously, very important. Still, one of the worst home or away teams. That's got to get fixed. Two, defensive. The defensive aspect of your game has been pretty much non-existent. You've allowed the most goals, you know. I believe over like a two-year span, it's been pretty high. Um, a lot of silly mistakes. You're able to bring in a center back that hopefully, you know, that Pineda was part of, of bringing him in, right? You're, you're probably looking for a defensive midfielder. You're looking for something here to make this team better uh, across the board. Can they do that? We will see. But that's one of the things that I want to see is it's just, all right, we just went up one nothing. Are we? Is it going to be one to one 35 seconds later? 
because that's been what's been happening for two since Pineda's come nightmare. in. Yeah. Right. You just start the clock. Like I remember when we were at, you know, when, when you go to a crew game, they have the clock up there. And like when they show stoppage time, you know, like the, the, how, how much time's left there. I feel like we should have a clock going after a goal happens to see how long it's going to take the other team to tie the game up <laughs> because that's just what happens. Every game you score the goal, they come back and they score immediately. It's got to change. And I, I think mental, I think a lot of it is the mental aspect of the game. And maybe that's on the players Maybe that's on the coaching staff prepping them on how to handle, uh, you know, after they scored a goal here. But man, they've got to get that figured out quick. They did it under Tata too, but maybe not, not to the extent that they did it. No, <laughs> yeah, not to that extent. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm being tongue in cheek, but no, I, I agree. I agree. But hey, one I got I got one name for you when it goes back to Tata, and that is, well, I could say two, but Jeff Lorenowitz, because it's not always about the center backs. It's about having somebody that's right in front of them that is mm-hmm. controlling everything. And then Nagby, of course, as well. That's a that's a big deal. But defensively, a guy like Lorenowitz, and then of course a guy like Parkey. And and just that the the IQ of the game and the leadership, but still the athleticism to to track back when things don't go well, right? That goes a long way in shoring up a defense. Yeah, and one of the things you – I mean, what do those guys have in common? They had history in MLS. What did Atlanta United just go do? They went out, uh, they traded for the top spot, looking to bring in, you know, a veteran of MLS. And, you know, that's – I feel like that's a Garth Lagerway type thing to do is to bring in some players that know this league and, you know, know the physicality as well because I think you've heard a lot of players say that MLS is a little bit more physical than what they thought it was going to be, right? Um, you know, I mean, pity was falling down left and right. He went too fast past him. He'd go down to the ground and, you know, say, you know, the wind got him. Give the, the wind a foul. You, you've got to be able to figure out something. Jeez. Oh, uh, <laughs> I mean, you, you, you gotta, you gotta get figured out. And, and, you know, veterans of MLS know that. So it, maybe that's something that we look for here as rumors start to continue to happen is, Maybe some of these rumors are MLS players as opposed to, you know, looking in other countries. They're they're here. And I think that's what a lot of especially a lot of people in our spaces have said. Like, let's look for guys that know this league, because I think the the thing that we're that we get sick of hearing, and we didn't hear this with the newer guys that have come in, but like, oh, it takes a while for us to get used to MLS, right? And and how MLS is, you know, reft and you know, the physicality. If you get some of these guys in here and they're the right pieces. Right. But you, I mean, Atlanta did that perfectly early on. Lorenowitz, you know, Garza, Parkhurst. Uh, Parkhurst. Like th- these are guys that know the league. And it was just like, OK, we're just starting the season off. Right. Oh, yeah. We got to travel to L.A., you know, in a couple weeks. Cool. We're used to that travel. Um, but like those are just constant things that we that we heard from new players coming into the league. Oh, I'm not used to traveling on a four hour flight. Right. Like these are just little things that 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 can help here, and I feel like a Garth Lagerway and the history that he's shown with Seattle is that they're going to be looking for more guys in MLS going forward. And those intangibles we'll go a long way in MLS. And as M twenty two zero seven one four says, now if you keep tapping gems from French second division, that'll be good. It's John Gregerson, baby, new center back. <laughs> I hope. Let's get him but signed quick. Makes- yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I do not want to be on Visa Watch. I am so sick of Visa Watch, <laughs> Me too. man. <laughs> hey, but you know what? Hey, if you're on Visa Watch and your first game of the season is, you know, losing to Columbus, you know, on the road, 
and then you get all your guys ready for you know the second game of the season. It's not the end of the world, but you know, let's let's like like Tyler said, let's let's upset Columbus in Columbus, and hopefully, you know, my Columbus friends yes. are listening to this right now. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hostile environment. <laughs> yeah. Right. So so you know it, it's December twenty seventh, almost into the year. Let's wrap up twenty twenty three. Uh, you know, uh, we, we saw Henry do this. He did a poll of some of the, of the best moments of 2023. I uh, was listening to Jason Longshore's podcast today. Uh, you know, friend of the show, check his out. He was talking about, you know, some of the top things of the year. He played like, a uh, a Mike Conti, like best boom Yakamakis. And I had, I had my, my, I was out jogging and man, there was a couple moments where I thought my ear was going to get blown out just from, from Mike Conti yelling boom Yakamakis. <laughs> Um, but we're going to start with this. What was your guys' best acquisition of 2023? You can't say Garth Lagerwey because I think that was technically 2022. It was. Okay. Um, um, Sydney, you go ahead. I got to I gotta really think about this one for a second. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm kind of thinking of two players in my head. Uh, the first player is Shande Silva. And... And you guys kind of, we were kind of talking about, <laughs> we were kind of talking about uh, a few weeks ago, who had the most impact on the wing? Was it Shande or Saba? And, you know, after kind of thinking about it, I think Shande, I think Shande, he had a few games of bad form, but I feel like he really adds something to the, to the club or to the attack that is more than goal scoring, it's more than playmaking. He has that intangible, he has that. The edge to him. We saw with the Spider-Man um, celebration. We saw with his flips, which kind of make people cringe because you know if he falls the wrong way on that turf, he's probably done for a year. So knock on wood, that doesn't happen. But yeah, but uh, no, he just kind of brings that um, edge to the team, to the attack that they need. And you know, uh, I, 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 I'm assuming. Um, when we say acquisitions, I'm assuming um, Yako doesn't count. Um, are we counting that? No, you well? can you can you can count yeah, that. That's twenty twenty three. Yeah, no, he he definitely has to edge to the team. So that was my one of them. The other one was Muyin Ba. You just said and, three. Now four players. No, no, hold on. <laughs> no, uh, the other all the, the D, one. all the above. Right. No, the second one I was thinking about was Muyin Ba, and I'll choose between the two in the second. Muyin Ba. The way he elevated that midfield really right off the bat in League's Cup, we saw it. Um, just affected the match in the club in such a positive manner. <laughs> I remember to what I forget what match it was, but he just made this sliding tackle on somebody, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh, he's going to get sent off, isn't he?" <laughs> for this tackle, well, it was just a perfect tackle. It was just a, maybe a bit of a reckless challenge, um, if we're being honest with ourselves. But it was a perfect challenge, and feel like a few inches would have would have gotten him sent off and maybe suspended for a metric or two. But yeah, I, I'm kind of leaning toward Muyimba. I feel like Yakimakis is kind of the easy choice, but I feel like from an overall standpoint, Muyimba just think of what he means to the team, what he's meant to the team thus far. And we talked about again, these guys will have an off season for the first time with Atlanta United. So they did get a chance to train together, gel together in the offseason, really grow to appreciate one another another even more, gain that chemistry together, and 
become better players as a result. So for me, Tristan William Ba is my best acquisition of 2023. It's it's Ba for me all day. Um, my second was Yakimakis because you can't just count out the guy that came in and scored 15 goals after having not really had an offseason at all. He adds so much to this team. Um, I got to give like a special shout out just to how he is in the locker room. But, you know, and, and again, that's something that we try to put out there. Like we try to put out in the tweets from the locker room and stuff like that. But it's not something that you can put a finger on. Right. But he's a guy that just you can tell everybody respects him and the experience that he brings. Yakamakis is the easy answer. But Tristan Mayumba has been a game changer for this team in the best way. He has. He has been out of the two midfield positions that needed an improvement. He has done more work than he needed to. He has been a massive improvement. Um, Massive, massive improvement. So you get that number six behind him. And he elevated um, Hosetu's play. Yeah, he he made Hosetu a totally different player. In, in, in a, in a he good made way. us not hate him. That, that's <laughs> enough. That's enough. Give him the award. Give him the award. <laughs> he, took, he single-handedly caused Tommy to take his contract off of Mateus Ossetti. Um, No, I, yeah, I just think Miyamba has been a game changer. And if you can hit on a guy like that in the number six position, and the best part is like Miyamba can play both of those positions. If, if Panetta's sticking with the same kind of setup that he has, and I, he's not going to change, I don't think that's going to happen. If something goes wrong, like you can move Muyumba back to the defensive midfielder position and he can handle it. He played it in league league two. He's done it. Um, but he's so much better when he's he's a little bit up the field and he's right there behind and working with Almada. So yeah, it was a totally different team when he showed up. Totally different team. It's amazing what the midfielders can do. And it's amazing because you don't typically pay attention to the midfielders in a game. Um, yeah. you watch the attackers right. and you watch the defenders, but the midfield is where these games are won or lost. Because if you can't, if you don't have a midfield, you're playing out, out wide and then you're predictable, but you got a guy that can do what Mayumba does. It changes the whole dynamic of the team. And yes, hundred percent. It's all him. I, I say all the time. I feel like midfield is like an offensive lineman. You don't notice them unless they screw up. So <laughs> yep. I totally agree with you. I mean, you buy. So I mean, what you got miss? As the 2023 best acquisition, Tristan Mayumba. I'm not going to add anything. I, you know, t- you guys have pretty much said it all. For me, it was that Seattle game. I know, I think, like Sydney, you said, you know, it was that last League's Cup game, I think was like his first start. But man, when, when you saw him and uh, against Seattle that, that game, it was like, wow, like this is going to be consistent with him, right? Like now we've seen back to back performances where, like it's fun to watch Atlanta United, and I think that if you don't bring him on, I don't think Saba, uh, Silva, Yakamakis, Amada, all these guys are as good in the second half. I don't think you see the any type of of uh, um, performance increase that you see if you don't bring him on. So yeah, I hundred percent agree. Yeah, it's best best acquisition. So unanimous. I think this is the first time we've all, we've all agreed on one thing. So <laughs> congratulations, to us, right? <laughs> it's a Christmas miracle. Yes. So I had to change my next one, though, because Sydney stole this one, too, for me. So favorite Atlanta United moment of 2023. Sydney, I'll let you go first. 
Oh, Armada's brace against San Jose by far. I mean, no question. I mean, not sure what more can be said about it. I hugged so many people that that game. Like that was like <laughs> the first moment where I was like, you know what? Like I don't care about COVID anymore. I hugged I hugged th- these two little kids' mom. She was so happy when they scored that goal. She was ready to walk out. I said, "Don't leave." I go, "You don't know what's gonna happen." She hugged me. Oh, it was it was great. Both kids were like traumatized. I hugged their mom, but man, that was a great moment. <laughs> um, for me, it was see. Okay, I got to give a shout out. Omar Omar's got like. He's got a point on this one. This is not mine, but Nick Firmino's goal, um, the one goal that he had after being on the field for eight yeah, minutes or whatever it was. Come on. I, I mean, that was honestly. awesome. That was, was. No, right. I mean, you could, yes, a totally different set but of circumstances. Him yeah, give him credit. But, I mean, you're going you, – you got one, a World Cup winner, and a guy that is the, the magician-free kid. And then you got Nick Firmino who's been grinding his way up through New England and everywhere else. And for him to go into the bins for the first time playing in the bins – and and do that that was that was pretty cool um for me though i will give it to almada again but that free kick he scored i think it was against portland that was from like 35 yards out that he had no business taking at all that had so much english on it when it was when it was traveling towards goal, nobody thought it was going in and then to see everybody's reactions i've watched it so many times but my favorite reaction is the picture of Miles Robinson behind because there was one of the one of the camera folks from Atlanta United had uh, taken up right behind the goal. And so the ball goes in and then you see everybody celebrating and Miles standing like a mile back waiting for the, the counterattack. And he just drops to his knees and he's just like, <laughs> <laughs> so um, no, that was I'm so happy to have seen both of those in person, but. That 35-yard free kick. Likewise. And to have Kevin Egan commentating on it was even better. Yeah. So before I get to my final moment, you know, back to Sydney's. I remember after the Almada goal, our, our, our friend Kevin Patrick Egan was on the call for that game. And I just kept replaying the video over and over and just kept hearing, Almada! <laughs> Played it nonstop the entire way. All the way down the street. Like I was just all the way to our hotel room was just was listening to it nonstop. <laughs> but my favorite moment was the entire weekend of the Miami game. Uh because so much happened, right? Um I, I flew down for that game, but you start the weekend, you know, I, I'm leaving I, I flew down, I think, Friday for that game. What's the talk? The talk is Tata Martino says Messi's coming to Atlanta, he's playing, we're ready for it. I you know, we're there. I get down there, I start hanging out with a friend, and then, you know, Tyler goes on Detective Watch, finds out that Messi posts a picture of the pizza. Yes, Travis, I'm talking about Pizzagate here. Uh, I'm at the bar. I'm so many drinks in. Uh, I don't even know what... I I was by Brewhouse, I think. I think it was, like, right in that area over there uh, that you were at. And I end up, you know, he's like, I'm calling the pizza place. I'm like, I'm trying to explain to like the people at the bar I'm with that don't care about soccer at all, like the significance <laughs> of, of what this is. But like Please I'm just tied message. to my phone right now. I got back to my hotel. I had like two percent on my on my phone because I'm looking at all the retweets and everything like that. So it was crazy because you know you they opened up the top of the of the stadium because you know they expected 
a messy to be there. You, you saw a lot of people coming in messy, and like I didn't really know what to expect in that game. I expected to be 60-40 somehow, and I didn't really know which way it was going to be because I think it's just, you know, it's Miami, and they have so many stars on that game. And then you find out that it's not, you know, that Messi's not going to be there. And you get in there, and Atlanta just does a dominating performance against this team. And I feel like the people that were planning on going there to root for Miami, it changed them. Because Atlanta played one of the best games of the season against that Miami team. Yes, it didn't have Messi, but you made everyone else really not look good in that game. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just like, it was a moment where it was like, man, like, is this... This is the moment where you realize that this team is back to being what they're supposed to be. And I, I, I felt, you know, I mean, I don't I don't know what the attendance was in that game, but I mean it was probably one of the most attended games since MLS Cup. And it, it just there. felt that way. And it felt like 95, 96% of that stadium was completely all about Atlanta United there. Yep. People that that were there to, you know, root for, you know, everyone else on that on the Miami team, they forgot about that quick. It was like, screw it, we're Atlanta United fans. Let's go. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that was a great match. That was a fun one. And uh, and yeah, the whole thing, the whole weekend was just so interesting. It was kind of surreal, right? Because it was not supposed to um go the way that it did. Yeah. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, well, Messi didn't play. And that's fine. Messi, Messi's not a defender. And you got five dumped true, on you. True. So, um, yeah, I, I just, that was that was a fun, fun weekend. Way more fun than I thought it was going to be, admittedly. Yeah. yeah. The hangovers were great. The hangovers were great. All right. <laughs> and, so we got two more here. And, and, wait, and do... calling the pizza place was like, that was the hot, not the highlight of my weekend. But the, the, the season. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> that guy's the guy's voice when I asked him, he was just like, yeah, man, you're yeah. Like they just delivered it to his, his place like 45 minutes ago. And he was like, you're the first person that's called. I was like, wow, well, that's actually understood. really surprising. But, uh, <laughs> Hey man, I had, I had to do that detective work somehow. I, I took one for the people. Did good. And, and it was great. Cause we ran into to Mike Conti and, and Jason Longshore after the game, <laughs> Tyler was driving back to the hotel and, I remember my contact. Did you really call the pizza place? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got two more here and then we'll do the raffle. Uh, team MVP. Yako. Okay. Far. Um, Again, you can't, you can't, as Tyler was saying earlier, you can't really discount the guy that scored. Like, yeah, I mean, goals, so. I've so, I, I feel like, like, oh, sorry, I feel like uh, Almada would be the, Easy choice, but I feel like this is going to be a little controversial. I feel like at times he didn't really deliver in quite the way he was expected to. So I'll just leave it there. This is why I asked this question because I knew it was going to be, I knew this was going to be controversial. So you're up, Tyler. Um, Now, look, I know Miguel Berry is a very, very, Easy one to pick. No, it's not. Right? He's not the it's not controversial, but you can pick Miguel if you need. Why have you done this? <laughs> I'll say Miguel because he had my number, 19, just like Arujo before him. He scored one more goal than you, though, this season. He did. He did. But he missed a lot more than me as well. <laughs> True. Was, I got that going for me. Um, I'm still going to say Almada. I'm still going to say Almada because 
I don't think you you have because I get what you're saying, Sydney. I totally understand what you're saying. There's there's games where you know you just you kind of want him to do what he did against San Jose, right? Or or some of these other games where he was the guy because he was the only guy that was playing soccer. But Sean De Silva in the second half of the season, Saba in the second half of the season, uh, even Yako to a degree, they don't do what they did without Almada there to provide the the dimes and assists mm. and He's still that guy that even when he's getting completely marked out of a game, at minimum, he's taking all that attention away from those other guys. But he still found a way in so many games, even when it didn't it wasn't like necessary. It wasn't needed. Um, you know, some of the the goals where it, it was the one in the 80th minute or 85th minute to put Atlanta up by two goals or even three. He still got on the score sheet. Um, but it's the assists for me. It's just the, his ability to put yeah. a ball from anywhere on the pitch to anywhere else on the pitch. I just, it's it, to me, it's got to be him. Amada, and and Sydney, I, I get where you're coming from because there were a lot of games where he disappeared, and it seemed like he was trying to do too much um, at, at points where it was hurting the team. Right, like he wasn't making that pass that he probably should have made. Um, instead, he was trying to to make that spectacular move. But I think overall, um, with the performance that he had, I, I think it was Amada. And I and listen to Jason Longshore. He said he said uh, on his show that he doesn't think there's we'll ever see a performance out of a player in, in a season as what we saw from Amada this year. And I, I agree. And I hope that we can at least keep him until the summer. Um, we haven't seen a lot of rumors. Now yeah. there could be some desperate teams out there like Manchester United that might try to go make some offers for him. We'll see what <laughs> happens, but if we can get, we can keep him until the summer. I think that, uh, you know, that hard start that we saw or that we just talked about in the schedule, I don't think is, is as hard as, as what it seems because we would be able to at least keep him here for a little bit longer. Travis threw one out of the chat. We got hit on that. Brooks, Brooks Lennon, the career year, his best year with Atlanta United and, no question, you know, we, we got to give him his flowers. Like uh, Travis saying in the chat, you know, he was terrific. And it you know, really showed his value with Atlanta time and time again during the season. And really hope, hoping that he, he can build on it in 2024. I forget, is he under contract through 2025 or when is that contract then? Brooks, he just got a four-year contract before this past season. Gotcha. Yeah, That's just right. got extended. Right. So... Um, can we all agree he's the unsung hero then? A hundred percent. hundred percent. Okay. Hey, I, okay, we're, we're two out of three, guys. I we're making it. I need him to get his another a, a national team call-up. He deserves yeah, it, I think. Indeed. I'm I surprised think. he didn't get one. Um, yeah. He could still get one for, for a Kent Cupcake. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I think really quick. It. Tommy, before we move on, were you going to hit on something real quick now? Or were you about well, to yeah, just Brooks Lennon real quick. Uh, you know, yeah. we, we he came in at a bad time, right? He comes in here, Joseph Martinez gets hurt. Um, you know, he doesn't have a striker, basically, um, uh, until this season, right? Nobody consistent. Uh, I mean, you know, Kubo, Kubo's not doing it for him. Adam John, screw Adam John. Uh, he, he He's not doing anything from here. Still, still mad about that Columbus game. Uh, but I mean, like everything uh, about it, like he, he's never had a legit, um, striker until this year. So mm. now you could see what he has with talent and absolutely. And that, like that cross that he had in game two, um, at home against Columbus, 
um, perfectly on the mark to Yakamakis. That just proves what that he can do um, yep. when you have somebody that can actually finish. Sort of like the whole Joseph connection, right? Yeah. Well, I, you hope it, it continues like. uh, with uh, with extent, another yeah. season of it. Absolutely. And and you know it, it that's something that I know we've talked about it on the show back when he said it, I think in the summer, but or maybe maybe a little bit after the summer. But being there at the training ground when he says, you know, me and Yako work on this, these crosses together all the time. He's yeah. and he says, um, you know, I don't have to pick my head up to know where Yako's going to be at. Yeah. That's huge. Like it's something so little. But that is huge because Brooks, he's gotten so much better with his crosses and his free kicks. It's kind of an unsung aspect of his game as well as his free kicks is it doesn't have to take him much um, because of Almada. But he takes corners all the time and he he's getting really, really good at them. So, yeah, I just think it's it's great that he has the target and he's got somebody there to elevate his game as well. So um, really quick, I just had to go back because everybody dropping their own answers to some of these things. Uh, in the chat, um, going back, a lot of people saying about the first question, Tristan Miyamba, I think that was like unanimous um, from a lot of people, Five Stripe Dog, Travis, Omar Santala Wolf. Uh, Tyler Wolf had a, had a phenomenal season as well, actually. Yeah, he, he felt like an acquisition because it was an entirely different player. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, talking about a super sub for the first half of the season, he would come on and, and be huge, right? Um. Let's see. We we had the WWE conversation here in the chat, which was great. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I appreciate uh, it. Yeah, that was <laughs> Tommy is so happy right now. <laughs> uh, Pizzagate, good old Pizzagate. And then down to the most recent one, everybody's Turtles and Almada. Um, and then, yes, Garth. <laughs> Garth getting, yeah, Garth Lagerway getting a lot of shout outs in the chat yeah. as well, as far as Team MVP. Yeah, Bruno saying Yako. But uh, yeah, just I want to give everybody in the chat a shout out as well, because y'all pre- we appreciate y'all answering Shaman in too. So. So before we do the raffle, I um, just want everybody kind of give kind of uh, their final thoughts of 2023 in Atlanta United. And um, if you guys don't mind, I'll start. Um, from my- <laughs> Go for it. Hey, man, Anthony. I forget he played for us at some. Uh, so I forget, like, that first game. All I remember the first game was the Almada goals and Ludacris, you know, hitting the golden spike and and, and Aruju missing that that PK. Uh, that was that was a, a great moment, too. Um, Years ago. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but, man, my final thought for the year is, is that, you know, we're seeing proof of concept of what Garth Lagerway is bringing here. Um, the hiring of... of the the office jobs, the analytics, um, the scouting. Um, you're seeing you you've seen some very good acquisitions throughout the season, right? I mean, you got Yakamakis before all that was brought in. He was good, but you just look at that summer transfer window and how it changed the team. And now you look going into this season of how many open spots that you have and how much open cap space that you have um, that you freed up. I feel that this team is on its way up, and I feel that this team should be making an MLS Cup appearance within the next two years. We're gonna re- we're gonna strip that audio and video <laughs> and keep it on tabs. Oh yeah, bring it up. Twenty yeah twenty 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 four MLS Cup. Bring this back up. Let it be known, Tommy Moose is calling his shot. 
<laughs> While in his unknown green kit. Sydney, <laughs> <laughs> what you got? Um, no, um, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to. And Tommy, I see where you're coming from. I don't want to say, okay, Atlanta United is going to be an MLS Cup within the next two years or anything like that. That being said, you know, this team has to be markedly better than they were in 2023. Not only from a results standpoint, but we mentioned it already from a mentality standpoint. You can't ship goals at the end of matches and it costs yourself points. You can't have defensive lapses. You can't have, you know, mistakes in the midfield, you can't have periods of time where you're not scoring goals. You can't have opportunities where you're getting chances, but not delivering those chances and taking those chances. This team has to be better. And I feel like what we've heard from this front office, they've, they've really sent a message that, okay, the past few years haven't been good enough. This team needs to be challenging near the top of MLS year in and year out. You have the people in place to get them there. And I feel this is put up for shut up time for Pineda for sure. He's working with, not working without a contract in 2024, but this is it. He's, he has no contract after this year. And this is your make or break it year. We mentioned this earlier. If he doesn't get this team to a point where they're contending, I would say top four. If they, I mean, if they don't make the playoffs, he's gone. No question about it. But if they're not contending in top four, if they're barely scraping by, if they're getting like eighth, seventh, eighth place, you got to have a conversation about who's leading this team in 2025. You seriously do. And I will argue you have to have a conversation about what your technical director position looks like in 2025 as well. So a real make it or break it year, I feel like this team has to be better in 2024. Well, to make your your thought and my thought a baby, like I think you can. Oh. Uh, well, sorry, we're getting dirty here. It's not it's not nine <laughs> o'clock yet, so it's not you know scarves and spikes <laughs> after dark yet. But like you look at Columbus and what they were able to do, right? They brought on a, a new coach and immediately win a Mullis Cup. So if you've got the talent and you know Pineda's not there, you know at the end of the season, then my two year thing could still be in effect if you bring in the right yeah. the right coach into the next season, right? Um, so I. I even if this year it doesn't work out for Pineda, I, I still think that they're building for something, uh, you know, within the next few years to be able to contend. I mean, you see what happened with Wilfred Nancy <clears throat> coming into Columbus. I mean, that's that's another proof of concept. And and to give you guys some optimism, I mean, Wilfred Nancy and Gonzalo Pineda actually have probably two of the most like-minded systems of two coaches in MLS at this point. It's just a matter of execution. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll see if Gonzalo Pineda can, can do what Nazi did in terms of just getting that star and getting that cup. But I mean, overall, I think for the, for the season to answer your question, I think, yeah, you've got all the right ingredients. You've got most of the right ingredients. Let me rephrase that. You still have some things that you've got to fix. Obviously we've talked about it. We've, I'm, I'm beating a dead horse at this point, but defensive midfielder, get your center backs situated, but not just add in the players. You've got to fundamentally like get the right mindset there of what is defending for this team. And what is that mindset of? No, if it's a one nil game and we're winning, it's going to be a one nil game unless we score again, because we're not going to let them 
We're not going to let them. We're not going to break. We can bend. Fine. We're not going to break. Um, you've got it there. You've got the guys up in the front office that are pulling the strings and they're hitting with these signings. I mean, there was not a bad signing in that summer transfer window, right? I mean, you, you got rid of Arujo. You brought in four guys. And even the one we haven't really talked about much is Jamal Tiare. But even he looked as a backup striker, looked leaps and bounds better than anybody we've had as a backup striker for Atlanta United. I think at all ever that I can recall off the top of my head. So the things are there. The the right strings are being pulled. Um, we've also said it. If, if this is not a good year, then yeah, you have to make a change, but I'm actually very optimistic for what this team can do when they get all the right pieces in place. And then they've just got to execute and you go out I and mean, you just think about it like this. You handle your business at home, right? Which Atlanta historically does. Knock on wood, that doesn't change ever. And you go out and you win two or three more. The the two or three that you should have won this year, right? And, until you gave your defense gave up stupid goals at the end of the game. You go out and win those two or three games, and you're sitting up in the top of the Eastern Conference. Yeah. So um, that's that's my bit. I, I'm excited. I think they're going in the right direction. I think it's a genuine thing to be optimistic. This is the most optimistic I've been about this team since Joseph Martinez tore his ACL in 2020 and the world went to crap. Um, and with that, I'll ask y'all this question. I'll answer it first. Last, the last thing, this is very short. Um, what is Don't sign Miguel Berry? <laughs> well, the galaxy are already on their way. Um, <laughs> We might have to fight the galaxy for him. I don't know. <laughs> hey, you might. Can, can you imagine if he comes in against us? Don't oh, even. No. Don't don't even. Don't even <laughs> say it. <laughs> Just shut up. Just go on. Go go where you were saying. I'm sorry for interrupting you. This is my bad. You should open this, your this mouth. This is my bad. I, I I started this. This is, you, this is my sin. You did it. You did it to us. What is success to you for this team in 2024? And to me, um. It is a Champions League, Champions Cup spot. I just think in one of the many ways that you can make it to yeah, Champions Cup, exactly. you've got to be back in that competition. I, I Selfishly, I love those competitions. I love seeing my team play against, you know, Costa Rican teams or, you know, obviously we play a lot of Liga MX teams nowadays, but others, right, like that you're not going to typically play. Champions Cup spot, period. Um, icing on the cake, obviously any piece of silverware would be phenomenal. I don't care if it's open cup. I don't care if, <laughs> I don't even care if it's Eastern conference championship. Well, it's good. MLS Whatever. can play an open cup, at least for the next year. So, yeah. Oh my God. Don't even get me started on that. I'm not, I'm, I'm, show, I'm dipping out now on that one. So <laughs> well, I was going to say AmFam cup, but that's gone. <laughs> uh, that was going to be my big, my big moment of the year was, you know, getting that AmFam cup trophy back. Because now it's going to be who won it last year? I don't even remember. Chuka? Yeah, whatever. They, they, yeah, they, they, they're going to have it for two years in a row. They rhyme. I can never remember who we played last year. Either way, Just yeah. The cow, yeah. I would, I would say two things. Um, what Garth Lagerwey was looking for last year, which was, I assume they keep the same playoff format, but home field, uh, th- throughout that first round, um, keeping the the two out of three at Mercedes Benz Stadium, uh, but a trophy. For sure. Um, you know, you have U.S. Open Cup, obviously, you know, coming back and 
which is great. Um, but you you've got a lot of chances for some type of of trophy here, right? I mean, you got League's Cup added on there as well. Um, can they win one? I, I think Open Cup is 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 realistic. Uh, League's Cup is going to be difficult, I think, because I assume by the time League's Cup comes around, there's a very good chance Almada will that'll be around the time when Almada is getting moved out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there could be a lot of turmoil for Atlanta United um, through that. But I think if you can finish in the top four, that's huge. If you can get any type of trophy, that that's a bonus. Um, but I think the Open Cup is definitely the way to go. Um, but yeah, I mean, I with League's Cup this year and us just thinking about the Almada move, like I wouldn't say this club will be in turmoil because I think at that point in time, you'll be ready for it, right? Like, yeah, I mean, everyone's going to know it, but whoever they bring on to replace Almada, is he going to be able to make an immediate impact? Time will tell and and who the player is. Um, But yeah, I would like, I would like to finish top four at least. Yeah, me too. From an analyst standpoint, definitely top four. Um, with yeah, like you were saying, Tommy, with a trophy or two thrown in that yeah will grant you like title or say passage to Champions Cup. We joked around about it, um, U.S. Open Cup. You know, MLS teams. It's kind of tough to go a little bit there, where MLS said, you know, we we want our next pro teams to play in instead, but U.S. Soccer said no way. Um, I feel like that's your best chance at a trophy, at least in 2024. Um, failing that, definitely, yeah, a top four spot in the East. And yeah, Tyler, like you mentioned, with there being so many mechanisms for teams to make the Club World Cup, which would be in, or not the Club World Cup, uh, Champions Cup, Champions Cup. I mean, I'll take Club World Cup too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> being in the U.S. in 2025, but with so many mechanisms to make, the Champions Cup, you know, you, you gotta you gotta push for that. You gotta push for that and get yourself back into that conversation. So, yeah, I think that does it for me. I love an MLS Cup. I love a deep playoff run. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, definitely a trophy or two. Yeah, yeah, definitely again that top yeah. four slot close enough to get you, yeah, into into Champions Cup. Um, uh, well, I was going to say this comment here, you know, um, being a confident, cohesive unit felt this past season morale was pretty low. You know, I, I felt that way early on in the year. Um, obviously, there were a lot of moves um, that were very awkward on on how it happened. You know, Arouge was obviously a, an important player, and I think the, at least the, the players liked him a lot. Um, you know, him moving on quickly. The Ibarra situation was... I have to imagine a very awkward moment for the players that were still on this team, um, having to watch on how that was handled and how Ibarra obviously handled it. But I would say that if you looked just as, you know, for me who lives out of town, watching it on TV, it seemed like that this team became very cohesive. And mm-hmm. winning will do that, right? Like winning will make a team more cohesive and make, you know, morale go up. But like even just, you know, when I flew out for the playoff game and, you know, like seeing the locker room of, of just what the vibes were around there, it seemed like everybody was really for each other. Um, and, and it seemed like the cohesion's there. Now, if you can continue that from here and, you know, you obviously are keeping right now, you, you know that you're keeping a lot of your, your main players around. Now there's still some moves here, but I mean, you've got some of your bigger players, right? You've got your, your front three there, right. Of, of Yakamakis, Silva, 
Saba. Like you're, you're keeping these guys here. You're likely keeping Guzan uh, here, whether you like it or not. Um, you know, all these things are going to be, I think the cohesion is going to stay there. My only worry here, and it, it's probably dumb, but it's the Guzan having to fight for his starting spot. I'm curious how that would, I feel like Brad's a, a fighter. And, but I feel like also Brad, 100%. if he gets, if he gets, if he loses the position, right, that he would be able to handle it well. But I'm curious how that thing is going to work out in, in the preseason. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my biggest thing to watch in the preseason is who yeah. wins that and how it's handled um, in, in the media, the, the press, the interviews, all of that. I think he would handle it like a pro. I don't think yeah. that. I don't think, I, I don't foresee. Now, I think, I don't think he's going to make it easy by any means. Uh, but as a fan, you don't want that, right? I think if if Josh Cohen comes in and just starts day one and continues, um, I think I think Brad is a stand up guy. I really do. I like Brad a lot. I like how honest he is, um, mm. brutally honest, which I think is great. And um, but I, I I don't I don't see him having any issues. So oh, likewise. Um, really quickly, and I know I keep we keep dangling that dollar in front of everybody with the with the fishing line like that commercial. You almost had it. We're about to do the giveaway. Um people in the chat saying uh like five stripe dogs saying top four. Um you hit on what M two zero said. Uh Bruno saying talking about the Club World Cup, Atlanta versus Manchester United would be my dream game. Yeah, uh Tommy's as well self destruct if that happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, Atlanta it, is undefeated against Manchester teams, by the way. Um, <laughs> Atlanta Chiefs beat Manchester City mm. twice. So history, um, history lesson there. Yeah. And yeah, and Turtles say we have to show growth. Um, unlikely that we win a lot. If we can show growth, I'll be happier than a fly on a big pile of cow crap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I think we all agree. Just, just some significant growth, some tangible growth. Um, from 2023 to 2024 would be you know, very acceptable. Um, we want to do the giveaway. Hang on, hang on. Hold up. I got, I got one last thing. One more. Um, because this is the last episode, and we didn't prepare anything big. I wish we had had time, but the holidays, Christmas, all that. Um, obviously, all of us, thank you for being a part of this for this this first season. And also to every single guest that we have had on from the beginning with with Tristan Traeger, Rod Underwood from Chattanooga, Andrew Gutman, uh, DJ. First first interview, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kevin Egan, right? Mike Conti, Jason Longshore. Taylor Twelman. Taylor Twelman, Nick Firmino, um, Devin Kerr, all the guys at MLS at gals at MLS. Thank Henry, don't so forget much. Henry. Yes. Don't forget Henry. Henry. Henry yep. Yeah. Uh, there's so many. That's the thing. Yeah. And like we we can make a list like we have at the end of each episode with all our patrons and things, and it would take up this whole screen. Yeah. And we're blessed to be able to say that Thank because that so is much. awesome. And we appreciate all the guests and we appreciate all of y'all uh making this such a big thing for us uh in 2023. And we hope to quadruple it or more in 2024. Thank you all for hanging out with us and Putting up, putting up with us all year. Uh, it's been fun. The spaces, the shows, all of that. We appreciate you. I think we pride ourselves in being the most interactive live type podcast out there with the live 
YouTubes, the, the live spaces. And if you haven't joined our spaces, come join us next year. It's a lot of fun. Come talk to us after the game, swear, scream, whatever. We've had it all uh, in there. But uh, you guys got any lasting words for 2023? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, boom, Yakamakis, I guess. Yakimakis. And um, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, stay stay tuned to our socials as well, as always, for you know, whenever we're going live, whenever we're doing the episode. Now, obviously, rumors will be going around, and any signings, any rumors, we'll be sure to report them. So yeah, definitely stay tuned to our socials, and we'll give you information on the web, when the next episode will be. But um, thanks for a great Kit year. rumors. Kit yeah. rumors. <laughs> I, need, I need a kit. They're coming. Where's Escobar to, to leak the kit? <laughs> <laughs> is this the kit? I don't know, but I want to know. I want to know what that I'm. Better if, let's, that better not be the kit. Don't no, do that no, to no. me. I'm not saying you're not doing a great it job. It can't be worse than the forest kit. Can't be worse than the forest kit. Oh, dude. <laughs> burn it. Don't burn don't it. even. Travis, uh, weekly live shows. I, I just got to say, weekly live shows. We um, took a week off last week to yeah, you know, get ready for Christmas. So, Cindy, what you got? No, I was saying I saw something with the forest kit. I almost told him to burn it. I was in the store. I was, like, <laughs> I was in Costco. I saw someone wearing the forest kit. I almost told him to burn it, but that would have been rude. So I mean, would it have been? <laughs> I know, right. Would it, it have been? been a, it would have been a bad form. <laughs> nah. nah. Thank you guys so much. We 100% appreciate it. And All right, uh, guys. 2024 is on its way. Be safe on New Year's. Yes. Do not drink and or drive. Or get crazy. And then order an Uber. That, yes. Yeah. We love you. Yeah, sponsor us Uber. Yeah. Sponsor us. Take an Uber home from an Atlanta United game. Don't throw up in the car, though. They charge you. They charge you. Yes. How do you know that, Tommy? Uh, because my wife almost did one. And I kept saying, <laughs> we don't want to get charged. We don't want to get charged. We don't want to get charged. And I have a ring video of her throwing up on the front door. So uh, join our Patreon. I'll I'll, I'll uh, release the video. <laughs> She's going to murder me when she sees us. If she Please put that on the Patreon. <laughs> no, 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 no. We'll look for a new co-host next week. So if you <laughs> <laughs> this way. All right. That's all, y'all. Happy New Year. Later. Appreciate it, guys.